our prayer chapel at Osford Falls, crying out to God for this house. Not, not at like 8 a.m. or 9 o'clock, at 2 a.m., crying out to hear from God for this house, for you. And, the, and every one of you was born from the seed of faith, which is carried in the heart of God and in your pastors and leaders. And I know that their heart is to see this church, this house, be a house of prayer just as much as it is Pastor Phil and Pastor Chris's. Amen? So thank you for having me. Let's honour your pastors. <laughs> so I titled this message, Shut Your Door and Open the Window. Now, it mightn't make too much sense right now, but as we travel along, it's going to make some sense. And it's going to be a bit of um, a teaching as much as preaching night because all of us are on different paths on the journey, aren't we? We're all at different stages. And, and so I want to take us together. And the idea of me being here is that we just go, if we're here, let's just go that step closer. Let's just get closer to Jesus. Now, I'll just give you a little bit about my testimony of when I had my encounter, where Jesus became so real to me, and when prayer, and let's just call it, let me just define prayer for me. Prayer is um, communing, communication, talking, listening to, loving on, um, sitting down, waiting upon, meditating. It's, it's a number of things that mean prayer. So when often we think of prayer, we can often think of one, one form. We can think of a, the corporate prayer meeting. We can think of when we just sit down and we just talk to God. But prayer is so much more. And for me, when prayer became real was over 20 years ago. And when I'd, I'd come to church, I'd been in our church, came and met Jesus in 1991 makes me feel really old when I say that, <laughs> in 1991, and, but I didn't feel Jesus, I didn't feel that love that everyone talked about, I didn't have that peace, I didn't have any of, any of the relationship that I saw in other people, I saw the joy in people that I didn't have, I saw that peace that I really longed for, the answers that seemed to be happening for everyone else, but not in my heart. And so I set out, well, set on a journey to find Jesus. Even though I was in church, I didn't know him. So for the next three years, I attended every prayer meeting I could because I knew that, and the Bible tells us this, that when the disciples said to Jesus, teach us to pray, that was because they were, had been observing him. And so I encourage you to attend the prayer meetings, the corporate prayer meetings, these early morning ones, because that's how we learn, by observation. So that's just on the side, <laughs> a plug for the prayer meetings. <laughs> but I attended everything I could because I wanted to know him. I knew in my small frame of thinking that if God was real, he had to be known and be experienced. He wasn't going to be something that was just afar off for me. So I was in every service and every prayer meeting, and I got offended in church life. Has that ever happened to anyone here? I bet it hasn't. No one's ever been offended, have they? No, it was just me. <laughs> I got offended, 
And I remember thinking to the Lord, you know, and I, I was writing, I was so full of pain. I'd come to God in pain and I'd stayed for those three years carrying my pain, carrying my wounds, carrying my shame, carrying it all myself. And I remember just writing love letters to him because I just couldn't talk anymore. I just felt like I had nothing left to say. And so I was doing what David did, writing psalms. And, and I remember thinking of all the things that had happened in my life and all the unfair things. And, and I, I thought, you know, the Bible says a man reaps what he sows. I'm like, what did I do? What did I do to get all that stuff? And it didn't make sense to me because, you know, a child can't, you know, a lot of things happen to us, to good people, right? And then we can make choices after that. And so then I started thinking, well, maybe God's not real. Maybe he's not real. But the thought of God not being real was more than I could ever bear. And so I made a decision that night that whether I ever felt his love or experienced him, I was going to follow him. And it was from that moment on, it was like for me, heaven opened. And that breath, that window came upon me. And I knew that I knew that I knew that he loved me, me. He loved me. And, and a twofold miracle took place in my heart. Not just did I know he loved me, I knew that I was a sinner saved by grace. That every person that I had kept in my heart and kept in my mind that had hurt me, one by one, I set them free. And I was free a twofold miracle took place because when you see him, you see yourself, a sinner saved by grace. And I was saved. I was saved. I was gloriously saved. And a love affair began that night that hasn't changed. Over 20 years later, I'm still madly in love with him. So, yeah, I, I asked for tissues. I've got tissues in my pocket because I do this. <laughs> because I am and I'm so thankful to him that he saved me because he's good and he's kind and he's real and he removes everything. All the things that, you know, you can't do yourself, give it to him. He does it all. He took this, this nobody and made me a somebody, not because of my doings, but because of who he is and how gloriously, phenomenally good he is. So that was the beginning of my journey of, we'll say, prayer, okay? But it is so much more. So I pray because I'm in love. If someone wanted to say to me, why do you pray? Why do you pray? I don't just pray because I need things. I pray because I'm in love. And that's the heart of it. I pray to know him. I pray to know Jesus. I pray to know the Holy Spirit. And I do pray to know the Father. I don't, so when I'm praying, and we're all on different stages here of the journey, when, I, when we pray, sometimes it can be, you know, and we're not sure, you know, like, you know, how we're not sure, we go, Father, you know, Lord, Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with that, okay? But let's define it a bit for us. The reason why I pray to know Jesus is because everything, as the song was saying, everything is about him. Everything. 
Everything is about him. He holds everything together. The Father sent him here and now he's raised from the dead and lifted high and we all glorify him. The Holy Spirit, I want to know, because he's the one that's here on earth. If you take him out, we've got nothing. <laughs> so we, I wanted to know him, the personality of the Trinity, the three in one. I wanted to know the Holy Spirit because he's the one that the Bible says that will lead me and guide me in all truth. And he's the one that will glorify who? Jesus. So I wanted to know him. And then I wanted to know the Father. And it's Jesus who takes us to the Father. The Bible says that to me. So all three of them, I picture. Here's a little tip on the side. I picture them. I picture, when I'm talking, I picture Jesus in front of my face. And I talk to him like I talk to my husband. Probably, you know, well, differently. But, you know, but in an intimate way, and I'll explain that. When I talk to my father, when I talk to God, my father, he makes me feel like, you know, um, I could do anything. He makes me feel like he would wage war for me. And, and I often feel that behind me, that presence, that he would, you know, like he's over me. And then there's the Holy Spirit who makes me feel like a little girl. So when I talk to him, I often feel quite childlike. I don't know why, but that's what I do. And so I, there's some of the reasons why I pray, to know him. Love is a gift found in relationship with Jesus. If we struggle to believe or be confident of his great love for us, we will struggle to believe or be confident that he will hear or answer our prayers. That is good. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> you can't buy it or manufacture it. You can't buy this. It's a love offered to you. It's the, it's the free gift that was offered to the woman at the well. In John 4, verse 10, it says, if you knew the gift. Jesus said that to the woman at the well. If you knew the gift, the gift wasn't the water that she was going to drink, you know, welling up into eternal life. It wasn't that. The gift was him himself. It was Jesus. And then the, the fruit of that is, is the eternal life, is the, the living water that bubbles up within us. And what comes out of us is only what we get from him. So the more we're in relationship with him, the more is going to flow out of us. Amen? Everything's okay when we're in relationship with Jesus. It's what our hearts are made for and it's all that Jesus cares about. All he cares about is your heart and my heart being one with him. In John 17 it says that they all may be one in you, Father, one in me, I in you and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may believe that you sent me. Our oneness with him, our relationship with Jesus Christ is what convinces the lost world. It's not our talking. It's our relationship with him. It's how one we are with him. It's the only thing. He said that was his last prayer for us. 
I pray for them that they would be one, one. You can't get much closer than one. It's what a, a married couple are. They become one. And that's what he's wanting for the church, for his people, to be one with him. I in them and they in me. That the world may believe that you sent me. It's the main reason Jesus came and died. Can we look at, put up John 3.16 for me? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And in the Amplified it says, For, so, for God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique Son to the, that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on, I love the Amplified, trusts in, clings to, relies on him, shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. That's why Jesus came and died. For relationship. To be in relationship first. Everything hinges off that. Your salvation, your healing, your transformed life, your renewed life, your prosperity, your everything hinges off that. That's the fruit of the relationship. It's the relationship that we need to strengthen and build upon. Our relationship with Jesus. God watched his only son take on your sin, my sin, my sickness, my disease, yours. Why? For relationship. How much does God love you? How much does he love us? That's ridiculous. It is awesome. It's not ridiculous. But you know what I'm saying? Like, that, how we can fathom that love. Because he loves us. He wants complete relationship with us. Everything flows from, a, from this love relationship. Everything flows from this. The Passion Translation puts it like this in Psalm 62, verses 11 and 12. God said to me once and for all, all the strength and power you need flows from me. And again, I heard it clearly said, all the love you need is found in me. Everything is found in him. Prayer and the word. If you can turn, your um, turn to your Bibles to John 5, verses 37 to 39. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. Just like I pray to know Jesus, I read this to know him. This is him. This is the word that became flesh. That's what it says in John 1. This is the word that became flesh that dwelt among us. And this is who we preach. Jesus and the word are synonymous. They are one in the same. And this is what it says in the Amplified Bible. This is one of my first Rema scriptures of the importance of prayer. As much as this. Because the letter kills it's the spirit that gives life. So we must read this in spirit and truth. We must read this to know him. If we're only reading it just to quote a scripture, it's not going to help us as, as much as we, we can. It, we, it will 
you know, like I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to, I want to be like, I'm not trying to take away anything from this because this is who he is and I love this. But we've got to mix it with spirit. We've got to read it to know him. It's not just a, you know, like um, pulling out a card each day and that will help me. I've got a problem, so I'll find, I'll find this. It's not a magic. It's a person. All right, so John 5, verse 37 to 40. And the Father who sent me, now this is Jesus. For those who don't know this passage in John 5, Jesus had been talking to the Pharisees. Now, they were the teachers of the law. They knew this old, the Old Testament, the Torah. They knew this very well. And they taught others the law. But this is what Jesus himself is saying to these teachers. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. Not one of you has ever given ear to his voice or seen his form, his face, what he is like. You've always been deaf to his voice and blind to the vision of him. And you have not heard his word, his thought living in your hearts. Because you do not believe and adhere to and trust in and rely on him whom he has sent. That is why you do not keep his message living in you. Because you do not believe in the messenger. You search and investigate and pour over the scriptures diligently. Because you suppose and trust that you have eternal life through them. And these very scriptures testify about me. And still... You're not willing, but refuse to come to me that you may have life. Wow. He wants you. He wants to know you personally. And he wants to be known by you. As much as you want to know him, he wants to know you. He wants, he wants that two-way thing going on. To revel in both prayer and the word is to combine both spirit and truth. Life streams off these pages. Revelation comes when it becomes real for you, where it's not just, you know, like a lucky dip. It's real. And that's, that becomes an anchor point for you when you're walking through those trials in life. You've got that anchor point because you've received it personally from him. Not from anyone else, but from him. That's when the word becomes living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And that's what you want. So pray. Pray to know him. Read to know him and let him unfold himself to you in this word. It's all about intimacy. There's no other word for it. If we want to get close to Jesus, it's all about intimacy. John 17, verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Again in the Amplified. And this is eternal life. It means to know, to perceive, recognize, become acquainted with and understand you, the only true and real God. And likewise to know him, Jesus, as the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, whom you have sent. Eternal life isn't a destination. It's not heaven. Yes, we go there when we receive Jesus. 
But when I read that, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, eternal life starts now. The moment you and I go, yes, I want to know you. I really want to know you. I want to get into being these prayer meetings. I want to be in a place where I can find you. I want to get around anyone I can. I want to learn by observation. I want to get around the leaders. I am at these prayer meetings. If I can't make the morning, I'll make the night. If I can't do that, then I'm going to do it in my own time, in my own own place. I'm going to pray and fast. I am going to lock in because drawing near is a choice. You draw near, he'll draw near. It's a choice. And we're going to do that. That word know, if you do a study on that word know, that I may know you, to know you, it means it's, it's called ginoskosin. It's often used to describe the intimacy of a sexual relationship. I had to say that word. E.g. in Genesis 4.1, when Adam knew Eve and she conceived, they use that word know as intimate. It's not just know you by your head knowledge. And I know that can mess up men when we use the word intimacy and know, but it's a spiritual knowing, okay? So don't let it mess you up. (laughs) It's to know intimately, spiritually. The God who created you, the God who made you, the God who's for you and not against you, the God that helps you overcome every obstacle, the one who told you that the path of the righteous is spiraling upward. That's who he is, and he wants to know you. Joseph didn't know Mary till she gave birth. Also, Paul, when he cries out, Apostle Paul, one of the most masculine men you could know, oh, that I may know you. Oh, that I may know you. Pastor Phil, one of the most masculine men you can know, cries out, and I know he does, and knows what it is to intercede for you, for our church, for our movement, to know intimately. So we need to have a personal, intimate relationship with God. So how do we do it? It starts with a secret place. One of my favorite passages, let's turn there, Matthew 6, 6. Our relationship grows and is nurtured in the secret place. Every person, young or old, knows that you can't build a relationship in McDonald's. You may start there, but you can't stay there in a crowd, can you? You can't build a personal relationship with anyone in a crowd. You've got to get alone with people. And you know what? When you want to know someone... What do you want to do? You want to get alone with them, don't you? You want to get, get alone and be alone with the person that you love or confess to love. And so this is how we build that personal relationship with Jesus, by getting alone with him. Matthew 6, verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who's in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. In the message, I know I use a lot of versions, but anyway. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. 
The focus will shift from, from you to him and you'll begin to sense his grace. Isn't that beautiful? Because sometimes we can role play. We can do what we know we should do. We can actually pray how we think we should pray, but our hearts never engage. And that's, that's you know, like kind of a waste for you and a waste for him because he's there like, I'm here. I'm here waiting for you. He's there and we're going to... I'm going to show you that practically. Let me give you a practical example of why Jesus tells us to do this by looking at how we pray. And uh, I'm going to do it by talking about prayers of faith, prayers of hope, and prayers of love. And I'm going to ask Mark to come up here. And he's, we're going to do a practical. This is a bit of teaching. And he's going to be Jesus. He looks like Jesus. No, he doesn't. <laughs> now... That verse just said, all right, but you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, what's your door? What is it? Some of us have, you know, like practically speaking, we need to shut the door, but spiritually speaking, we sometimes have a revolving door, don't we? Like we have, you know, the, oh, those, the bills, the finances, the, the, this, this attitude and, and that offense and all these things, they just like a revolving door. We need to shut it. Stop. Woo, get off and step aside. And I'll show you why. Because let's just picture this here, this, this step. This is the door, all right? This is the door. Jesus, can I just put you near the drums there? Yep, Jesus is behind the door. And our prayers of hope are, pray, are petitioning prayers, and they're good, okay? Look, I, I, anyone, any, if you're praying any prayers, two minutes, one, I don't, it's awesome. We're all just going that one step further, right? So you're petitioning, and it's, I call these prayers of hope because they're not prayers of faith yet, okay? We're petitioning, and I'll use the scripture, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me thanks. And all I'm thinking about is that bill. Or all I'm thinking about is that relationship or that sickness or that job promote. Like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me... Oh, oh what's that water doing? Oh, I can do it. You know, and you, you know because you're, you're pacing like this, I can do all things. And, oh, look, there's something on the stairs. You know, and you're thinking, aren't you? You're, you're quoting scripture, which is great. And these are petitioning prayers. I'm just showing us where we can go. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ. Oh, I need to go home and feed the kids. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Petitioning prayers, prayers of hope. God wants to take us to prayers of faith. How we do that is through prayers of love where we focus now, engage our heart, posture it towards him. Stop. You don't have to stop walking. If you're a pacer walking, that's fine. But you and I know that you will stop when he's in front of you. Put him before your eyes. I love you. I love you, Jesus. You are good. I thank you. I thank you for all you've done for me. I love you. 
I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, you stay behind the door. I never asked you to come down. <laughs> Our prayers of love. Well, that was nice because I was drawing. Actually, you know what? That's probably really good. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was really good. I was coming, I was, my prayers of love opened the door. Because remember, he's there knocking at the door of our heart, isn't he? So that's another, that's another sermon in itself, because we're knocking, to, we're opening the door to go in, but he's actually knocking on this side, at the door of your heart, to come into you. So he's knocking as much as I'm opening and my prayers of love access him like how Jesus here came to me I open the door so now when now I'm close the door's open and I'm through into the secret place where he is so I'm not praying alone anymore I'm praying with him in communion with him so when I do pray and quote my petitioning prayers, they've now changed because I'm not doing it by my strength anymore. I'm doing it in his strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You get it? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Do you see the difference? Yes. Jesus, give Jesus a hand. <laughs> yeah, so we need to shut our door. So you can see what I'm saying practically. Does that help anyone here? So when we do that, our prayers of hope, what he wants is to get us where he is. Whatever it takes for you, and I know some of you, like if you've got young children and it's very hard to practically shut a door and be alone, it may be the bathroom for you, but whatever it is, shut the door. Build your, your relationship with him by being alone with him, where he is. Wonderful. Okay. I want to read you a story. It's a, um, from Alice Smith's book, Beyond the Veil. And uh, this lady said this. It's just um, a quote from someone about when someone was having open heart surgery. Kay Arthur told the following wonderful story how perseverance works to bring us to a place of intimacy in prayer. She said this. My husband Jack and I were watching a medical program on television one night. They showed an open heart surgery. Two hearts were laying side by side. Each was beating at different rhythms. The surgeon moved them together until the tissue of one heart touched the other. Suddenly, both assumed the same rhythm. That's what he wants for you and I. He wants to take our heart and touch his. So when we are praying, we're praying from his perspective, we see things completely differently 
No longer are we praying from our mind anymore, from a, a worldly perspective, and we're trying to hit things like this. We're seeing it from his perspective. And that's where intercession comes from. And, and, it's, not, and it's not that hard. It's not hard for anyone here. It's actually what he designed us to do, to get alone with him, spend time with him. doesn't have to be a lot of time. Sometimes it does. But it's not about religion. It's about being honest before him. And all of us can do that, can't we? We just need to be honest. A relationship with Jesus changed everything for me, where I would worship, adore, and wait upon him, longing to know him more. I found I was no longer asking for things. I tapped in or stepped into his presence and began to pray what I see. And that's what happened. I wasn't asking anymore. Do you know what? I would spend very little time asking for me. Because I know the Bible says, you know, when you read, actually, when you read Matthew 6, you know, and it talks about the Lord's Prayer, he actually gives us tips on what to pray, when to pray, how to pray. And then he goes on with about not worrying, and then he talks about the treasure and, and our heart, and, and then he finishes it with seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. So I know that because of seeking him first, all my stuff is going to be okay. I just like to go where he is so I can see. What a joy. What a, what a, what a privilege. What an honor to see what he sees. And you know what? He'll tell you it's all good. He will tell you even, even that the worst of circumstances. The circumstance may not be great, but he is. And he will hold your hand. Just like Mark was Jesus up there and holding my hand. He will hold you through. He will carry you through. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And in every trial, in every, every rotten situation that life can throw at you, let me tell you, you know, I got a bad dealing of, you know, card hand thrown at me when I grew up. But you know what? Every dud hand in God's hands a winning hand. And that's what happens. Just give it all to him. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. You're tired? Go to him. Yes, let's put this up. Jesus is the answer. Right from the early stage, I found out Jesus is the answer. Not up here. Once I encountered him, I knew. I knew, I knew, I knew. And I didn't know what life was, but the Bible said in him was life. I didn't have any peace, but the Bible said in him was peace. I didn't have any joy, but the Bible said you know, that the joy of the Lord and my strength and in his presence was fullness of joy. Well, every answer that you're looking for is found in him. Everything. You think you need the, the money and you do. That's an outsource. But you need him for the answer. You think you need that relationship or this or that. Let me tell you, you may or you may not. But you need him because you must trust that he is good. You and you will only ever know the character of the one you believe by knowing him personally. Amen? Just whispering his name can turn a bad day into a good day. Close your eyes. Not right now, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I will too do that. But, but he, 
any, any day, if you're having a shocking day, just close your eyes and go, Jesus, posture that heart. Just turn to him. Turn to him. And he will turn that day around. He's faithful. He's beautiful. Life. In him was life and the life was the light of men. John 1, 4. Love. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Give you, let not your heart be troubled. Neither, neither let it be afraid. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Joy, Psalm 16, 11, in your presence is fullness of joy and that joy is your strength. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. This is your opportunity. Seek him while I may be found this month. And then let it be like the platform for the rest of the year for you as we engage together. Amen? All right. Can we just bow our heads? When we shut the door, position ourselves or posture our hearts to see Jesus. When we seek his face. When we lift up our eyes and worship him for being him. We open the window of heaven and he breathes afresh upon us. We encounter him. And that's how we advance his kingdom. We've shut the door and we open the window and he breathes. I want to do two, thi- two things right now. At the end of the service, I want to ask everyone who wants a fresh touch to feel the breath of heaven, an impartation of the spirit of prayer. I want you to come out the front. But right now, I want to ask anyone here who hasn't started that relationship with Jesus, that he's not your friend, he's not your saviour, he's not your redeemer, We need to put things right. We need to start that relationship with him. He is good and he loves you. There's other people here that, you know, you may have been in church a long time, like I was, but you're not in relationship with him. You do the works of church. But you don't want to get to heaven and and he said, yeah. You'll go, well, I did this, Lord. I did that. And he'll go, I never knew you. I didn't know you. It's about relationship. It's not about religion. It's about a genuine relationship with the living God. 
and it's the greatest decision you could ever make. Some of you may be even unsure of your salvation. You may, you may go, well, I think I'm a Christian. I think, I think I'm in relationship. I attend church. I, I did grow up in church or I went to Sunday school. It's not enough. With all my heart, I want to pray with you to start afresh a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've come here for the first time, second time, or you may have been here for years, if that's you, please raise your hand and let me pray with you down the front here. It would be my honor to pray with you and start this relationship with Jesus. It's the best decision you could ever do. If that's you, please raise your hand and let me pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Don't leave here. Thank you, Jesus. All right. While the band is playing a worship song, it's awesome that everyone is in relationship. But like you, like me, we need to go further. So if you want a fresh touch, an impartation, and or maybe, you know, like, you just want to, you do want to know, then just talk to me afterwards. But come down the front, okay? And let's receive the spirit of prayer. Let it fall upon this place. Father, I thank you that the spirit of prayer falls upon this house in a greater way. Let's stand. And come to the front if you want an impartation, a fresh touch of the spirit of prayer.
give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken.
beautiful evening. What a great God we serve. Believing that this spirit of prayer is going to wash out over all of our lives, particularly over this next 21 days. As we shut the doors, we give God time to fall in love with Him, maybe afresh again. The band's going to keep playing in the background. I'm about to conclude tonight's service. The glass house is open. We'd love to catch up with you for tea or coffee or if you'd like Heidi to pray for you, please feel free to step out of your seat. She'll continue to pray, but I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your never-ending love for each and every one of us. I thank you, Lord, that you always so wanting us to draw near. Help us to draw near to you in the week ahead, the month ahead, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that you bless every person here. May we have a heart for you and a heart for prayer starting from this moment on. We thank you, Lord. Touch every person. Bless the church. In Jesus' name, amen. The band will keep playing. Feel free to come forward. Stay in your seat. That concludes our